0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today's guest is Dr. Bart Precourt. Dr. Bart is somebody that I have come to know through uh, through a group of, of like-minded individuals that see the world a certain way with a shared horizon and are pitching different ideas on way to go about that shared horizon. There we go. That's the uh, There was a word that started with P back in the day that you could use uh, that wouldn't get shadow banned and all that other shit. Uh, there's books written about that word P some are good. Uh, Mike Glover has one It's pretty introductory. I like it. Still want to interview Mike. If anybody's got an inside shot on Mike Glover, hook me up. Um, but yeah, avoiding that word, uh, seems to do better for not getting throttled on any of these sites, uh, for shares and things like that. So we're going to avoid that word. Needless to say, Dr. Bart is somebody that I've gotten to know through there and he has a wealth of knowledge on a lot of shit and he actually has a similar background Um, in that he, like most of the people on this show has healed himself through a variety of means and, uh, come into know health and wellness in a different light. You might call that alternative medicine, uh, alternative health, whatever you want to call that. Dr. Bart is really fucking dialed and he's in his fifties. He looks fantastic. Uh, he has opted to move into the countryside of Florida and start to farm and, um, he's done some really cool things and i wanted to have him on this podcast just to share with you you know his his vision of where things are headed but also you know some of the things that he's done um some of the things that he's done in in light of everything that we see in the world just as a a means of having his shit together going forward there we go you might hear my son singing in the background or playing violin don't worry about that it's not on the podcast but just for these intros and that's it share this thing far and wide uh that's one of the ways the show gets more people to listen share it far and wide uh listen and listen to me do the ads if you if you so please but also purchase stuff from our sponsors they make the show fiscally possible and i love doing this show today's episode is brought to you by the new biology clinic dr thomas cowan has been on the show a couple of times. He's an alternative medicine doctor, author, and speaker, and has become well known in the health freedom community for his common sense, holistic approach to health and wellness. The very foundations of mainstream medicine and modern biology are fatally flawed. Health practitioners, basing their treatments on these flawed concepts, have patients that keep getting sicker. Our healthcare system has failed us. This is why Dr. Cowan and his colleagues recently launched a healing movement called The New Biology that helps people take ownership of their health and wellness. The principles of the new biology are grounded in fact, careful observation and adhere to the scientific method. It is a refreshingly new way of seeing the living world and what does and doesn't make us sick. For practitioners, Dr. Cowan has an online course on healing with the new biology with pre-recorded videos and books, six group calls, plus ongoing office hours with Dr. Cowan and inclusion in the practitioner database. For individuals and families, The New Biology Clinic offers health consults and private fitness sessions. Monthly memberships include consults as needed, group fitness sessions, a resource library, and live stream events. Non-members can also schedule a one-time health consult or private fitness session. Go to thenewbiology.com to learn more. That's T-H-E-N-E-W-B-I-O-L-O-G-Y.com and learn more from one of my favorite people on the planet, Dr. Thomas Cowan, or how he likes me to call him. Tom, he's the author of several books that I've referenced on this podcast, all of which are phenomenal reads and will really open your eyes to what is true when it comes to our health. Actually, many will open your eyes to what is true when it comes to our health and wellness. We're also brought to you today by Lucy.co, one of our longest sponsors. Look, we're all adults here and I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus or just unwind after a long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes nicotine gum, lozenges, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. Many of you have heard me talk about nicotine and my love affair with it. It is an absolutely potent, nature-made, pharmaceutical, chemical, whatever you want to call that, that is absolutely nootropic. That is the very best nootropic on the planet. It is going to upregulate thought, memory, language recall, and all the other things that acetylcholine does because it fits in the exact same receptors as acetylcholine. Most nootropics on the planet uh, will take different plant medicines like huperzia serrata, Bocopo monieri, and that's going to grab something else like citicholine uh, or some other form of choline, alpha GPC, and then convert that. It'll help convert that to create more acetylcholine in the brain, which then gives you better access to your brain power. Nicotine jumps several steps and just does this all on its own, and it feels good. It feels fucking incredible. Uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who's a friend of mine, I've been on this podcast multiple times, has talked about the necessity of dopamine when it comes to learning. If you want to recall something and have it stay, you better enjoy while you're learning. If you don't, think back to college or high school, how much shit you retained from those boring classes. Probably not a lot, but the classes you enjoyed, you probably can recall a few things from there. Uh, if you enjoyed building or using your hands while doing something, you probably still remember how to build that thing or do whatever worked with your hands. Uh, and that doesn't apply to everybody, but certainly quite a few people learn better from experience. And, and that's not just because you're experiencing it, it's because you're enjoying the activity of doing it. Dopamine plays a critical role in that. And this is where nicotine is such a one-two-punch powerhouse, is that it's going to fit in acetylcholine receptors, it's going to stimulate a response of dopamine. And all of that helps you gather more information and hold on to it faster and better. Absolutely love this product. It is easy to use. You can use it anywhere, on planes, uh, in church, anywhere you go where it's frowned upon to use tobacco products. You can use Lucy.co. They have multiple flavors. You're going to find something that works for you. Go to Lucy.co and use promo code KKP. And we must give the verbatim, verbatim disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. There you go. Uh, with that out of the way, check it out. Lucy.co and promo code KKP is going to get you 20% off every product they have in the store. That's L-U-C-Y dot C-O dot. Or no, that's a L-U-C-Y dot C-O and use promo code KKP at checkout. We're also brought to you today by my homies at curednutrition.com slash KKP. That's dot com slash KKP. Remember to use code KKP for 20% off everything in the store. I want to talk to you about Cured Nutrition's Sleep Bundle. We all know that a full night of sleep is essential when we're working towards optimizing our overall health. Cured Sleep Bundle, which combines the best-selling Zen and most potent CBN, is the answer to ensuring that you get a full night's sleep every night. Zen is a blend of functional mushrooms, cannabinoids, and adaptogens, while CBN is a lesser-known cannabinoid found in the hemp plant. These supplements were designed to support the two most critical stages of your body's natural sleep cycle, REM sleep and non-REM deep sleep. Keard's raw CBN oil contains 30 milligrams of CBD and five milligrams of CBN. Together, the CBD and CBN create a synergistic whole body effect. When it starts to kick in, you'll notice every inch of your body soften into a deeper state of relaxation, as if you're laying beneath the comfort of a weighted blanket. Once you're asleep, Zen is there to ensure that your body is successful in cycling out of non-REM, deep sleep and into REM and back again. Some people can't fall asleep, others can't stay asleep. And then there are those that fall asleep and stay asleep, but still struggle to spend enough time in each sleep stage. No matter what is keeping you from your rest, from true rest and restoration, this sleep bundle is your solution. Think of it as a one-two punch for a body and brain reset. I've been working with this for a couple of months. Um, You know, many people know that we have uh our own our body's own ability to produce cannabinoids and we have cannabinoid receptors in the brain every hemp uh advocate will tell you about that and there's also these wonderful plants much like tobacco that happen to work with us from an organic source we're not going to see anything bad in these plants at all um that can fit into the same receptors in our body so even though we're working to produce certain things Much like dietary cholesterol, when we eat that, it can lower systemic cholesterol. When we eat cannabinoids from hemp plants and various awesome sources, we're able to take on something that has our body producing, doesn't that actually saves our body from needing to produce as much as it does. And CBD has long been known as something that is absolutely phenomenal for the nervous system. It helps reset the body. It helps govern and regulate uh, inflammation and anti-inflammatory properties. So this isn't just something that helps with sleep, something that helps with a holistic approach to healing the body and making sure that you wake up as refreshed as possible. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Go to curednutrition.com slash KKP and use the promo code KKP at checkout. Right now, Cured is extending an exclusive offer to you, my listeners. You can grab Zen and CBN in the Sleep Bundle for an extra 20% off Cured's already discounted price by visiting www.curednutrition.com slash KKP and using the coupon code KKP at checkout with this extra discount, you're getting 36% off the regular price. Yep. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com slash KKP and use code KKP at checkout to save an extra 20%. Last but not least, we're brought to you by my longest sponsor, organifi.com slash KKP had drew cannoli on this podcast. We actually swapped more than once uh, congratulations to Drew and his family for just having their first baby. He is a dad now, officially. I'm fucking super pumped. Uh, love the homies at Organifi. I'm going to get, uh, I think I've done more than one podcast with their with uh, some of their employees, but uh, I've got Mimi coming back on with Dr. Nathan Riley, the holistic OBGYN, who was actually out there with Drew. This has nothing to do with Organifi, but all these people do. So I <laughs> figured I'd give some some heads up on them. Shout out to all those guys, Mimi and Dr. Nathan Riley coming up on a future episode to deep dive uh, the female body and everything that's going on with medicine with regard to that and our children's medicine schedules, which is something we should all be paying attention to, whether you have kids or not. That said, Organifi is one of the very best supplement companies on the planet. Um, If you really want to just know what these guys are all about, go to Organifi.com slash KKP and grab yourself a sunrise to sunset kit. That's going to cover you with the red, the green, and the gold, and you're going to get 20% off using code KKP. That's what started it all for these guys. I mean, Organifi Green Juice was the first thing. I was like, holy shit, this tastes amazing. It's got products and supplement level products and quantities of things that I would normally take on its own. You're going to get that at a vastly discounted price because it's all included in one-stop shop and it tastes phenomenal. It's sweet and there's only three grams of sugar and carbohydrates per serving. So whether you're keto or doing anything else that needs to be low carb, this is going to fit right in that range and it's going to help balance out the diet and give you the greens that you don't necessarily want to put on your plate. I am still the most meat-heavy guy on the planet when it comes to how I eat year-round, whether I'm having an abundance of carbohydrates via honey and berries in it's summertime or whether I'm low-carb in the wintertime. organified green juice is always a part of my supplement protocol. The red is a great pre-workout. It's going to increase your ability to produce nitric oxide which as we know, helps you with the pump in the gym. It helps uh, stimulate brain flow or blood flow to the brain. And it also helps you stimulate blood flow to other parts of the body that are important. But today I want to tell you about Peak Power. It was helped in partnership with Mind Pump Media, the homies at Mind Pump Media, some of the first guys I got into podcasting with uh, out in San Jose, San Jose, California. Love those guys. Peak Power was made for focus, performance, and hydration. Of course, it's glyphosate residue-free as all their products are. Uh, this is a really unique and amazing product because it helps you as a pre-workout. It's only got 100 milligrams of caffeine, but it's just enough to give you a little bump. There's focus and uh, focus and performance blend that has things like bacopa leaf extract, organic coffee fruit extract, and goyasa leaf extract. That's where uh, some of that wonderful caffeine is going to come from. So you get an uptick in mental performance. You get an uptick in nootropic qualities. And at the same time, They balance that out with an electrolyte blend that is akin to taking uh, an electrolyte product, you know, with that uh, low carb electrolyte product, fuck Gatorade and all that other shit. I don't know if I can say that on this ad, but if I can't uh, delete it, if they come after us, you know, uh, we'll we'll take it off later. Don't bother with all these other shit products. Don't bother with trying to recreate this thing by yourself by combining three different, you know, a nootropic, uh, an energy drink and something hydrating. Grab it all here with Peak Power. And use it for everything. You can use this pre-podcast, pre-board meeting, pre-studying, and you can most certainly use it pre-workout. I stacked this with the red, and they are incredible together. Check it all out at organify.com slash KKP. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash KKP. And remember the code KKP at checkout for 20% off. And without further ado, my brother,
1: Dr. Bart Precord.
0: Dr. Bart, welcome to the podcast, brother
1: great to be here brother thanks for having me on today excited yeah, for a yeah. conversation with you
0: yeah we've uh we you know i think uh similar to a couple of the guys that i've had on tucker and um god i always i always fuck up there i always cr- crisscross their names but um yeah we had we had uh zach hansen on and i was thinking dale stark but i, I got to get him on at some point too but i was thinking about um Going on your podcast and it was cool, all the similarities we had, you know, in, in, in various ways, I was like, hell yeah, man, that's great. Um, so I didn't know that. Obviously, you know, when we're when we're chatting in the group, it, it's it's pertaining to probably the second half of our conversation here, you know, like what what can we do in the face of some of the issues that we find today, and um, but start us off, you know, what was life like growing up? What what made you you? And then we can dive into some of the the, the nitty gritty of, of today's world.
1: Yeah. Ah, man, that's kind of a wide open question. Anyways, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, great family life. Mom, dad, brother, all of it solid. Uh, I, I was—I definitely would put myself in a category of uh, very fortunate. Had a lot of love in my family. Um, my family was tight. Uh, they stayed married until my father passed. Um, so I've, I have a lot of really good things in my background to be very grateful for and to use moving forward. So I feel very, very, very blessed in my upbringing. Loved all sports. I, I, I played them all. I don't know if I was good at any of them, or I don't know if I was great at any of them. I was probably good enough to play them all. Um, ev- eventually, uh, when I got into college, uh, rugby became kind of the love of my life. So I played that for a bunch of years, so I, and then that brought on you know s- some interesting injuries along the way. And as a result of that, <laughs> that's how then I, I injured myself bad enough my, my back to get involved with chiropractic, um, which then a couple of years later, you know, kind of spurned this, man, what if I became a chiropractor one day? So that journey kind of started off with, uh, like many things, kind of some failures, had some injuries early too. So I, when I was 19, I had an injury in my lower lumbar spine and I couldn't feel, well, I had like partial sensation from my belly button down. So imagine just for a moment, I know you're in college and those are like your our like fun years, right? So I was captain of my rugby team, And, you know, living the best life I could at the moment, you know, drinking, chasing women, just all that fun stuff. Right. And I get hit in this game. It was cold. There was literally ice on the ground, brutal up in the Northeast. And from that point forward, I couldn't, I could barely, I could use, but barely use anything below my belly button, anything. And, Damn. And, yeah, so really, you know, you think about that I'm like, whoa, all right, you know, 19 year old college kid can't use anything below the belly button. I had a hard time going to the bathroom, all stuff like that. So my mom being an amazing woman that she is brought me off to the best doctors and I ended up in a hospital and, you know, lots of different, you know, x-rays and MRIs and all that stuff. And eventually they told me that I had three bowls and discs in my, in my lower spine. And I, I still remember Kyle to this day, sitting there in front of the doctors, there was my mind, there's like three or four people in white coats there. And they told me that I wouldn't play contact sports again. I wouldn't lift heavy weights. Running was unlikely. And that I would have to basically just be really easy on my spine, eventually have some surgeries. Um, my mom, who being this, you know, strong willed, that's a nice way of saying it, a very strong willed woman wasn't taking it. And I was just, I was, I was shocked. Like my, and for me at 19 years old, that was the first time I had a moment in my life where things were, were cloudy. They were kind of dark. And I remember we left the hospital and if you, you know, like left the hospital and turned left, that would bring me home. But we took a right. And it was kind of funny because I was, the only way I can get in the car, my back was so jacked up, I had to sit backwards in the back seat. So I was looking out the back window. And uh, <laughs> mom, where are we going? And she said, we're going to go to my chiropractor. And I'd never heard that word spoken in our family not for better or for worse just i'd never heard the word come up in our family so and i literally remember saying why are we going to one of those quacks that's all i'd heard about chiropractic and quack or whatever uh and then there was really no conversation i get there and it was really answered. this was one of those little turning points in life and i remember my chiropractor saying very gently very confident and very kindly saying hey listen you take better care of your spine you're a young healthy man you take better care of yourself this will heal and you can do some amazing things it's all i needed to hear And so sure enough, he gave me me some adjustments, did his thing. In a couple of weeks, I was back in a rugby field. Probably shouldn't have been, um, but I was back playing rugby within a couple of weeks. I kept hurting myself, but that, that kind of started this entire unknown category for me of looking and listening to my body. That was the first time, my 19 years on this earth, to really take a look at what am I doing with the gift that I was given? Yeah that's that's massive. I,
0: it's funny you know you 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 mentioned the 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 not you know not not having it good or bad with the chiropractic. They had I have you know obviously in any in any field you can have people that are great and people you know even medical doctors there's great medical doctors there's dog shit medical doctors. It's no different for anything but um I've had I've had some of the best chiropractors I've ever had in my life. Dr. Justin Frank at a Premier Spine and Sport in San Jose was like the guy I fucking leaned on. I was in there twice a week for every camp, you know, in, in my whole fight career, like he kept me able to fucking do the thing, you know, and I know probably a lot of guys in the UFC rely heavily on that for, not just for adjustments on the spine, but soft tissue work. And, you know, great chiropractors were, they're hungry, they're students, you know, they want to keep learning this stuff. It's not like they get the, the, the thing on the wall and they're like, all right, now come in and I'll get you healed up. My, my favorite chiropractors are the ones that like me are lifelong learners that want to keep going and pursuing other things. But yeah, there is, there is, especially, you know, like that lady that went on Rogan's, you know, like there's a, a, a tendency, especially, to, you know, for it to get shit on by Western medicine, you know, the official, the official, <laughs> the, the official arbiters of real information and, and, uh, and real doctors, you know. So, but that, that's, um, that's cool, that seed was planted. It took me a little bit longer than you in college I, because I didn't have that injury. It was still debauchery. And it was really in, in my fight career and then work with plant medicines that first started me to, you know, actually take an interior look at like, holy shit, how am I treating this thing? It's the only one I get this go around. I got to pay
1: attention, you know? Yeah. A little bit later when I, so there was a lot of things that took place. I went, I went off to college, I got a business degree and then in that whole time in the back of my mind, I, I always would wonder, wow, I wonder what it would take, wonder what do would wonder if I could become a chiropractor. So eventually that took place. I went to college, got my four-year degree, it took five years, but I, I got my four-year degree. And then I got out and then I chose after working a couple years to go back into chiropractic school. And at chiropractic school, I learned this one little phrase that I still, it still has a deep-seated meaning to me to this day. And so there's a philosophy in chiropractic. It's a three-legged stool. It's the science, philosophy, and the art. So the art is our ability to adjust and provide our service, There's the science, of course, knowing your anatomy and physiology, and that was where most of the science for chiropractors is based, in physiology, anatomy, whatnot. And then the philosophy was something brand new for me. I remember the first time someone said, do you have a philosophy? I I don't know. I don't know that I have a philosophy. And in the chiropractic realm, there was this very simple philosophy, which I to this day, I hold very strongly, in that it is that the power that made the body heals the body, and there's no other way. So it happened from above, down, and from inside out. And In interpreting that, just meaning that our creator gave this amazing, powerful healing machine. And we are. You know that. Think about, Kyle, what you've put your body through through the course of your life. And you're still here today having this conversation. And I think the same thing. All the years of rugby and then getting involved with you know, mixed martial arts and, and jiu-jitsu and whatnot, car accidents, all that stuff. But the power that made the body heals the body. And it always happens from above, down, and from the inside out. And if we could align those things and not interfere, literally allowing that universal energy, that universal power, to get in in first place, the miracles happen every day.
0: I absolutely love that, and and you know what you're speaking to is exactly where where Rudolf Steiner went. You know that's that's what what his you know biggest. If there's you know 118, I think over 300 different lectures, but 118 different topics amongst those. Lectures and books that were that Steiner put forward, and uh, originally a lot of his lectures weren't meant to be books. But in the end, you know, they said, "Yeah, of course you can put them in print," and because uh, he was just such a genius. But anthroposophical medicine was that anthroposophy is exactly what you're describing right now—that there is an innate ability for the body to heal itself if we're not, you know, standing in the way
1: of that. Yeah. So that journey then just it kept the quest, and maybe this is the quest that most chiropractors that we have, without even knowing it is that. It is this constant quest of allowing this innate expression to take place, which requires us to then think about what's interfering with it. Is it our thoughts? Is it our food? Is it traumas from the past? Whatever it could be. So there's this never ending search and this. If you're if you have that quest that you can continue just to continue to clear the vessel so there's not interference. So this wisdom, let's let's you know, we let it roll if we can. Absolutely, brother. So this started, you
0: said a couple years, you get a couple years off and then you go through chiropractic school and and that's like two or three years. Is that right?
1: So no, that's a full four years. Oh Um, shit.
0: So you did another four after the five. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's a full four years. It goes all the way through and it's, it's, um, it was a joy for me to literally learn about my own body learn about, you know, physiology, anatomy, uh, right after that. And I've kind of, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So I knew that I had a immediately following school. I wanted to open up my own practice. So I took those four years as an opportunity, quite frankly, to learn everything I could weekends, you know, nights on top of my studies, just to dive in and learn from literally the masters, uh, the old timers who've done this for decades. And that's what I, for four years, I spent every waking moment I could uh, mentoring with other people. And I've, I've, I'm so blessed. I've had so many amazing men and women that have shared so much with me. Um, that when I was, when I was done school, I was ready to rock and I dove right into private practice, practice up in Atlanta, probably 10, 11 years. My wife and I, um, fell in love with the beach, uh, which is, uh, the Florida beach, which is the panhandle, by the way, it's probably the nicest beaches in our country. They're they're absolutely beautiful. Beautiful white sands, and it was about. You're gonna, a get, some, you're
0: gonna get some. You're gonna get some hate for saying that, just like all these people moving to Austin in 2020 started talking about their favorite places, and people were like, <laughs> "Shut the fuck up, dude! <laughs> Keep your mouth shut about these places." Right.
1: <laughs> but I tell you, it, it's magical where we landed, and in, in the beginning, it was just um we, we were just doing some real estate investing down here, and and then we fell in love with it, and then one day we we're, we just kind of said, well, why don't we? Why don't we just make?" make a change when well, we just try going and living in Florida. Um, and that was, you huge. met her,
0: you met her in Atlanta. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I met my wife. So yeah. It was, it was, her, it was, yeah. Sorry, was
0: chiropractic school
1: there in Atlanta. It was the chiropractic school was in Atlanta where, and then I was fortunate to run into my wife. I definitely married up. Uh, my wife's a former Olympian. She played in 96 games. So she, she too has that athletic spirited background, um, was and also a student of life and student of health and, and nutrition and all of those things. So I was fortunate to then be able to participate on, you know, being the chiropractor oftentimes for her Olympic team and do some travel there. So we had a lot of alignments that just, and we just really like many relationships, but I think we found each other at the perfect time in life. Um, and we were, she was about to retire and I was about to graduate and start our next journeys. And since then it's, it's been an amazing journey. You know, we, we've, then you know we opened up a practice. We started doing some investing down in in Florida. Next thing you know, my wife opened up a yoga studio. She she turned her athletic prowess, which was really hard. She was a field hockey player, you know, and you know as a professional athlete, there's no days off. And that's why I say I'm I'm, I'm athletic, but I was never a professional athlete. I never spent every waking hour as if it was my job, and to watch people like yourself and other people, it's just so much respect for all of those men and women that do it because there's so much potential for failure, so much potential for harm and risk um, that that it it takes an inner power that not many people have to capable of doing that day in and day out. So I I was able to witness that firsthand and try to keep up with some of it. Eventually, we sold the practice in Atlanta and moved down to Florida my wife transitioned all that energy that she was hardcore into athletics, um, and opened up a yoga studio, and then she became a We became a yoga teacher training school. Now we have a health studio. It's a small little beach house. Um, we have you know chiropractic, and I do acupuncture, functional medicine, functional nutrition, uh, kinesiology. So a lot of tools in the belt. Probably very similar to the chiropractors you've met. You know, we just keep adding the tools. Uh, keep on serving, and you know what the funny thing is, Kyle. It's a lot of the times we're learning those tools so we can help ourselves through the things that we put ourselves through, and then you know, of course, serving our people that we you know we're trying to take care of.
0: <laughs> yeah, my buddy Dr. Dan Engel, uh, who wrote the con- you know, concussion uh, what is it concussion repair manual. He's uh, just a phenomenal guy. He's got a, I think he he's he's got a book coming out on on the nature of God, which will be really cool. I'm fascinated for that, but. You know, he's a licensed psychiatrist, spent a year and a half in the Amazon apprenticing with ayahuasca and, um, you know, came back. So he has this beautiful Western medicine background with, you know, real deal indigenous wisdom and, and, and medicine. And, uh, he's like, who do you think are the kind of people that become psychologists or psychiatrists? <laughs> you know, he's like, what, what do you think draws them there? You know? And I was like, Oh, that, that actually makes a shit ton of sense. You know, they gotta, they gotta do their own shit. And that's, that's, they're there because they want to know for themselves. But yeah, I, I think of that too. Like the the old see a need, a need, you know, all, everything we did when I was at it from a supplement standpoint was, was just that like, Hey, I want to experience this. So let's make the best way we can do that. You know, like this is the product that we wanted to, you know,
1: uh,
0: Aubrey wanted to retool Alpha Brain So we started thinking about what, if we were going to throw the kitchen sink in something for the very best, you know, like mind altering substance that's legal. Um, how do we do that? You know, and we, we helped formulate that for Alpha Brain Black Label but that's, that's just it, you know, like you think about what you want and it's like that's that's then that becomes, you know, a part of your
1: mastery that gets added to the toolbox and it's something you can give back and offer. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a, and it's a fun ride. That's what makes it uh, continue. Even though I've been doing this for 27 years, I still enjoy it. You know, we've, we've shaped it a little bit different. I, I'm in my clinic, my brick and mortar, just two days a week at this point. We have a, you know, a fair amount of other fun things we're, we're creating in life. Um, yet it's a, it's a journey because you never stop learning. And there's always another bridge. And my needs right now is a 53-year-old person than when I was 35 years old. It's completely different. And so it's the journey's been fun. And so what we ended up, since since we've opened that, we then spent some more time just kind of expanding. And we recently opened up an organic cafe and um, never been in the restaurant world. And again, it was filling the void. So we have the most beautiful beaches in the in our country, no doubt. And yet the the substance for eating clean hasn't quite caught up. We're still in South. And uh, so my wife and I, that's a big part of our lives, um, of eating clean and being very conscious and mindful of what we do put into our bodies. Uh, we decided one day that, why not? Let's, let's, let's open up a cafe. Um, let's do it to our standards. Having no, of course, no idea what that means or, or how hard that might've been. Uh, we decided to open up this little orga- organic cafe. We bought the building right next to us. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing on because the only one of, of the such in, in the area and how many other people consciously right now are, sorry about that, are choosing to put clean food in their bodies. And we knew this. It's almost like that silent majority behind the scenes. They're there, folks, like for many on many levels. The moment we opened, it's been amazing on how many people have been thinking, thank you. We've been looking for this. And simultaneously, how many other people told us, not down here. No one's going to spend 12 bucks for an organic cold pressed juice. Um, and we can't produce enough, which is, I should probably not tell everyone that. Um, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's been an, an amazing journey. And now, here I am, I'm sitting, not at our beach house, but our farmhouse. And now the eggs that we produce every day are supplying our cafe um, with all the eggs. Yeah, so it's been this, and Kyle, I gotta tell you, like it wasn't that wasn't the plan. I'd like to sit here and act like I was a master strategist. It didn't. It, that wasn't the plan. <laughs> well, that that's phenomenal. You guys have kids? No, no kids. And okay, that that
0: definitely makes it a little easier to to, to get, stay focused on the on the business trajectory and all that stuff. That's that's a. Yeah, I, it would certainly take a take a load off my chest in the last 3 years, you know? No doubt.
1: Yeah, and and the ability to bounce, like to move like that was there was just so many things that fell in place. We didn't have kids. We we were in the right place with our resources. Just so many different things that it was just us and we knew that no matter where we landed it would work. There was no guarantees, but we would figure it out. And even with this farm, we were just looking for a place to go hang out with our dogs. We don't have kids. The other big part of our life is our dogs. Um, we've got nine dogs. And, uh, Damn. Yeah. And then we're not talking about farm dogs. that are just like outside. We've got nine inside dogs. And <laughs> so, <laughs> people ask, ask me all the time, Bart, why do you have nine dogs? It's got to be hard. I'm like, it is definitely hard. It's a lot. Um, and it's the same reason we have 120 chickens. And then when people ask me, why do you have 120 chickens? It's the same reason I have nine dogs. And that is because if you have a happy wife, you have a happy life. My, my wife loves animals and as do I, I I literally do. I I grew up with a father who taught me how to uh, rescue snakes, heal them up, patch them back up if they've been hitting the road. So I have a true love and respect for, for nature. Uh, It's just built within me. Um, We have snakes up in here. My goal is not to kill every snake, not by any stretch. You know, we, we put them where they need to be. If I have to move them, we move them. Uh, So we, we have this true love of nature and, and, Gaining, gaining that, and I think you probably would agree this, when you have the land and you become the shepherd of that land, it feels different. You take on a different responsibility, like it's a an extension of your family to some degree. And when you start to shepherd it in such a way with love and kindness and respect for what it's trying to do to give back to the universal energy, you can sit back and have a entirely different perspective on how to co-mingle and coexist with the land and the, in the, in the animals versus just taking from it.
0: Yeah. That relationship is two way. Right. And communication is too. That's something that I, I wasn't necessarily privy to until plant medicines and the work with my boxing coach, who was an indigenous elder. And, uh, you know, like that's the, my first little rumblings of that, and then like a little bit of firsthand experience. And, and Dr. Will Tegel, who passed away uh, a year or two ago, was was phenomenal. He, he wrote he wrote eight different books, uh, PhD in psychology, PhD in physics. Uh, just a brilliant dude. And um, you know, he talks about the mother tongue. He has a whole book on it. You know, this this forgotten language that speaks through all things in nature. You know, like whatever's animating me is animating all things, and there's an ability to tap into that. I found that the more I put myself in the container of nature especially one that I'm familiar with, the more available that becomes, you know, like I, I, have the opportunity then because I'm there, I'm not in a box inside like I am right now as I podcast with you outdoors, you know, like you're in the container, right? So there's, there's an, inv- there's an availability there for you to tap into that. And, and the land is speaking. It's always speaking to us. So that's, that's phenomenal that you've drawn that.
1: Yeah. It's in it's, every day. I feel like I'm learning something new um you know we we have an orchard that we planted we have the chickens as i mentioned the ducks we're i think we're going to end there we're actually we're going to add bees at the end of the fall or beginning of the spring something like that um so that'll probably be big our big parts we'll have an orchard at uh, the hens and then also the bees here on our farm i don't i don't believe we'll do cow or goat or anything like that so this will be it and then but we have a lot of cow farmers nearby that we are, you know, starting to create real bonds with. And we're new to the area, so we recognize and respect the fact that we've moved into where a lot of farmers already are, are already here. And they have a way and a culture, and a lot of it's just built off of trust and respect. And that, too, is building every day as we've kind of entered this new community. It's been about a year and a half, and I think we've made some good connections. And now we're starting to find other farmers and people, quite frankly, have literally got the world's best neighbors. Kyle, if 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 I could have been plopped in like in the middle of two people that exactly would fit into our group, it happened. Like <laughs> one guy's an old Marine and he, you know, and he's just a great guy. And we have all the same kinds like philosophies and approaches. And same thing, the guy that just moved into the left of me you know, several acres away, but um you know, when they hear me out here, target shoot and whatnot, and just the like-minded people. And it's beautiful to know that I'm surrounded by people like that. And there's a lot, a lot of really good people out there.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's the, I love that the little synchronicities of life, you know, the God nod leads you to the exact, the exact place and the exact moment you need to be in. Uh, when did this all start for you? You know, you talked a bit about having, you know, you didn't have the plan. Um, how much did 2020, you know, play into, you know, I don't know what life was like in, in Georgia or if you already were in Florida, which would have been a huge plus. We thankfully had moved to Austin in in 2017. And Texas as a whole was really great, especially in 2021, as we started to figure out this is not the bubonic plague. Uh, but Austin itself is is quite blue. And certainly, you know, they had, they, they had 25,000 people sign a petition to have masks reinstated. And after Governor Abbott had taken away and I was like scratching my head, like, I'm for sure eating crazy pills right now because <laughs> fucking like water. I, I just I, I can't imagine that, that people would want to do that, you know. So uh, or you know if they do want to do that, cool man, put them on, but don't fucking make the rest of us, you know. So um, what was you know how did, how did that pivotal moment shape you guys and where you're at and you know did was it a, a something that got you into farming or was it something that you'd already planned
1: on doing beforehand? It sped, it sped it up, and I think it became a lot more conscious in that moment. So I'm in Florida now, and both the farm and the beach house are in Florida. So we're, we're all in Florida. And fortunately, where we are in Florida, there was probably an 80% of, hey, let's just, it'd be just be cool if everyone chooses what they want to do, and let's not talk about this. So you could, you, in the middle of everything, you could have drove down the street. So I'll give an example. We had an organic cafe. You know, I just think of a coffee shop and breakfast sandwiches. And then we had our health studio. We stayed open, Kyle we just stayed open. And we, we definitely lost a lot of friends that were in theory friends for 10, 20 years, clients. And my wife and I would talk about this regularly. and we would have the conversation and always end in, we have to be who we are. That's what got us here. We have to be truth and true to ourselves. So that kind of We said, all right, we're going to draw our line and we're going to be okay with this. And we found that a lot of other people were so grateful and so thankful as our business stayed open and a lot of others did close. Uh, We didn't require masks. We didn't require our staff to do it, but we also invited them. If you wanted to, sweet, like do what you want to do. If you want to get educated about it, I'm here for you. So we didn't push anything. We just said, we're going to continue with the philosophy of choice is yours. So that opened up uh, an opportunity for us to pause. We slowed down a little bit. It was almost like this, you know, this big stagnation through the nation, I think, took place. So a lot of us just think, all right, here we are, more or less being told, Kyle, I live about 100 feet, 100 yards from the Gulf of Mexico. And they they boarded up the, the walkways to the beach. Even explain it. Like they boarded up the beach because they didn't want people on the beach. And in that moment, I found myself no longer really congruent with some of the people doing those things. I was like, man, I I'm now boxed. And here I am. I live on the beach for a reason. And that's when my wife and I decided to then just expand. We weren't even looking for farm. We were just looking for land. We just we wanted to have land knowing that one day something would be good to have an abundance of land. We didn't know what it looked like. We had no real master plan. We literally opened our cafe in 2020 in the heart of COVID. <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, so we opened up this new business and had you know, like our grand opening and everything in the middle of COVID, Kyle. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was, so you can imagine we had some people raising eyebrows. We're fortunate we were in an area that for the most part, philosophically, and there's some hardcore, there's always the extremes, but for the most part, people were down with choice. Some of the schools did not do that. The schools kind of laid a line. I think they were afraid of, um, I think a fear was the, the predominant thing above it all. I think fear drove a lot of people to make a lot of decisions. Um, and 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 hopefully, a lot of people have learned um, because they're going to have a lot of, other, I think they're going to have a lot of other opportunities to be faced with fearful situations. So we we roll forward. We eventually find the property. And as you know, it's always over budget and um, all of those things. But we knew the moment the moment we rolled up here, I didn't even go in the house. Didn't, there was a house here too. That was like bonus. We were just looking for land at the time. So there was a nice house right behind me here. Um, there's some pole barns, some tractors and just everything. And I was just looking at the land. This is the one. And uh, so we worked it out. In a couple of days, we figured out how to get it under contract and figured out how to all the other details that it took to to make this happen and we made it happen and then once we we're here it really started to align and i'll and i'll tell you being part of our group really helped me take this thoughts that were all over the place because there's some amazing people in our group right and then all of a sudden starting to really like ask the questions well do i have a water supply Let, let's just go something that simple if if Worst came to worse and the water was tainted or we couldn't get it or whatnot. Do I have a water supply? And sure enough, I got two of my own wells here. So that was cool to know. Do I have a do I have the ability to feed myself? And that was a big no. I didn't have the ability to feed myself. Uh, and how easy would it be to have some chickens? I had plenty of people in Florida have five or six chickens. And they talk about all the time how it's just the easiest thing in the world. You get five or six chickens. You get a couple eggs a day. You would be feeding yourself and your family easy breezy. And raising chickens is, now that I'm figuring out, that first couple months was a little challenging. You know, they got to make sure they're alive for the first five or six months. But then after that, they're, they're resilient little suckers. Um, they just keep producing food. So it was a slow progression, little bit by little bit. Originally, we thought we'd have just like 30 birds. And then we figured out the effort for thirty or fifty would probably be about the same as a hundred. Um, and then we then we dove deep into, well, how do we feed these birds as well as we feed ourselves? You know, our, our organic produce. And um, my wife is resilient when it comes to those things. No different than our cafe. Our, our cafe is one hundred percent organic. And when we started, and I, I know you know this, Kyle, but when we started to really vet all the companies that every label and every everything every chicken farmer every everything that we had in our place when we started that what we found consistently was that we would come short of getting the actual answer and that was a little disturbing it, that was even in the organic like we would we would ask well your the eggs that you are buying at whatever 10 bucks a dozen do they have corn? Are they soy? Can you guarantee that, you know, everything is clean all the way and we, we, we it was hard to get those answers, even from the best of the best of sitting on a grocery, you know, the grocery store shelves. So we started to think a little bit deeper and what could what could we do? What small piece could we play a role in? And chickens was an easy one. Yeah, that is something that that was
0: mind blowing. It took us a long time, you know, in Texas to find a hundred percent no spray hay. I was like, that's unbelievable to me. But then, you know, one of our neighbors, um, actually, two of our neighbors spray a mesquite killer. They don't do like glyphosate shit or a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure there's glyphosate in the mesquite killer, actually. But um, they do free range cattle rotations, but they have these beautiful pastures. And I was like, I wonder how they have all that grass and no mesquite because our shit's just fucking, you know, like we had to take this thing called a cedar eater at $10,000 a day to chew through these trees and spit it out as mulch, right? And they'd clear lanes for us so we could do mobile fencing to rotate our cows and our sheep. I was like, man, mesquite just grows on top of each other here, you know? And it's growing everywhere and it's seeding itself and it needs no water. I mean, it's the most drought-resistant thing on the freaking planet. And um, and it just lives. It's such a survivor. It's like the plant world's coyote, you know? (laughs) It's insane. Uh, But then, yeah, we find that out. And so, like, it took us a long time to find no spray hay. And that's just as a supplement for, for the animals we got on rotation, you know, for the chickens, it was like, we're, we're talking to different guys like, uh, Dr. Anthony Gustin who started perfect keto. Um, he's a buddy. There's different people in the area that are all like-minded, you know, like, Hey, if they don't sell this normally, but if we do, you know, organic with no corn, no soy, and we all go in on it, they'll make it for us. If we get the order big enough, that kind of thing. So those are things that we've been looking into. Um, you know, oddly enough, and in the, in the, we might, we might dive into this depending on where you want to take it. But, you know, with the, the, the whole tech sector, you know, trying to push us towards cell-based meat, eating insects and shit like that. There is one thing that I enjoy out of this and that there are companies that can take like black fly larva and reproduce it very quickly and organically or, or various other insects. And that is perfect for chickens. It's perfect for fowl. It's perfect for waterfowl. It's like one of the best things to, to if you had something that could you know, regenerate insects at a higher level, and that could be their supplement. Because most people think of of hens as 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 vegetarians. Like, nah, dude, we we fucking take our scraps out, and the first thing they go for is the meat. Secondary to that, they might have a little starch, and then lastly, they're going to eat some grass or some other shit that winds up in there. Like these guys, they want all the protein they can get their hands on and fat too. Um, I've given them. We, I went hunting uh, for elk in January. And one of the quarters was pretty mangled, so we just left the bones out. and They just picked it clean. It was done in under 24 hours. They had that thing. And this is like 30 birds just picked it spotless. So, um, but yeah, I think about that, like there there are certain avenues. And I like Mike Dillard, you know, he's a close friend of ours. I like how Dillard is also one of the guys that looks through to see the benefits of technology and the potentials for for, you know, a freer world through that technology. And I like that.
1: Yeah, this this journey has exposed a lot of that for us in terms of watching what else could we utilize in terms of... Insects is an interesting thing. You know, this whole push toward these fake foods, and I think it's going to get harder for people to really understand. The labeling right now is getting more and more facetious. I think they've just passed some new rules that they're not even going to have to tell us what's in their food, you know, if it's manufactured or not. Um, And that's where I think the importance of finding locally, preferably locally, men and women who are purveyors of food. And if if people aren't thinking about that, the time is now. Because I also think that the people who are the purveyors are eventually become these super high commodity businesses and people. I really do. And it seems like a novel thought right now that the egg farmer or the farmer is going to be someone of serious you know, a value in the future, you know, so back to even when I grew up, I grew up in the backyard my entire life. We had a garden and some of my fondest memories with my father would be going back in that garden and we'd be picking strawberries or green beans. And my dad would bring down a little thing of salt and we would shake salt and put right on, spit on it, wipe it off the tomato, put some salt on it and eat it. And then all of a sudden as kind of life and whatnot took place, I can't even recall, Kyle, for like 30 years knowing anyone that even had a garden. And so it was interesting. I don't know if it was just because I stepped out and I was living in Atlanta or in different cities, but I, it was rare for me to run into anyone that was growing their own food. And now I see there's no doubt this, this, this influx of people at least paying attention, whether it's just cool for them or not, I don't know. Yet, nonetheless, I think a lot of people are starting to recognize the value of either knowing someone or starting to produce a little bit i have some concerns that they're going to put some new regulations on just serving eggs um i i see it coming there's because there's so many of us doing it i think eventually it's going to be something that'll put a little dent in the big commercial component of 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 you know, the control of the eggs and the chemicals that they use. And I think there'll be so many egg farmers out there right now that people are, you know, borderline giving them away or producing high qualities. I eventually see more and more regulation coming um, because I don't think they want us to just feed each other, quite frankly.
0: Yeah. That's, that does stand in the way of, of control necessary to implement a one world government, you know, uh, CBDCs, you, you name it, you know, any of these things that people are like, Oh, that'll never happen. You're like, eh, let's see how desperate you get to, you know, like the, you'll own nothing and be happy. First comes the, you'll own nothing. Right. Yeah. That's the first part of that sentence. And like, if you get to that point, then you might say, yeah, I'll give me some fucking insects. I'm starving to death. Right. Or sure. I've been broke for three months and I, and I'm uh, living on table scraps and, and yeah, I'll take this, I'll take the central bank digital currency, whatever the thing is. I mean, the, there are ways to implement these things. I have an excellent book in my hands. You guys are going to love it's called control the Guards. It's not mm-hmm. out yet. It's by Seamus Bruner. He's a great follower on Twitter or a great follow on Twitter. I'm going to get him on, but you know, there is a money track. Like it's not just conspiracy shit. I got my pandemic shirt on. If you follow the money, it becomes pretty, pretty obvious. And you know, Gates, Bezos, all these guys are into making their fake eggs. You know, like they have invested hundreds of millions of dollars into these companies. So like there is a vested interest in forcing these things to be consumed. Like if there's sure there's like the, well, oh, there's zero cholesterol and there's this and that, like that's the problem with health today. Um, you know, so there's ways of marketing it, but then there's also ways of uh, implementing it through legislation where now it's going to be harder. We know uh, a couple of things happened, you know, it became very hard to get organic eggs in the store for a long time. There's the egg shortage and they said, you know, some weird blurred flu and they had to burn 90,000 eggs. It's like, really, that's what happened? Uh, and, and I saw a video, plenty of videos from guys in Ireland, Spain, the usa all with just freezers full of them just saying like there is no egg shortage we didn't have to burn these guys down that they won't you know the grocery stores are not paying us for our increase in cost because the increase in all costs farming have gone up right they don't want to pay it so now that we're stuck with hundred thousand eggs you know in our fr- fridge that kind of thing so you know there's there's always some bit of fuckery going on but i think about that you know no doubt there will be legislation twice it happened in the first run of obama in the second term of Obama, they tried to eliminate our ability to grow our own food. Legally, they tried to take that right away, twice. And thankfully, there's still good people you know, in Congress and in, in, uh, in, in the government that were like, no, this is a bad idea. What do you mean take away the ability for people to grow their own food, right? But they got put up twice, back-to-back terms, right? So this isn't something new. This is a battle that's been ongoing that most people have no fucking clue about. And at the same time, something that's not being reported, but if you follow the right people, you'll see over 115 food processing and meat processing centers in, in the United States alone have gone up in flames in the last two years. 115. And additionally, it's probably closer to 130 if you, look at, if you count Mexico and Canada. When you think about that, you know, as they report it, I know I've said it on this podcast before, but it, it is worth re-mentioning. They'll say all previous fires were were Termed arson, like they we we came we still under investigation for this one, but everything previous like somebody lit the fucking place on fire, right? So, and now we have you know such a fast amount of these things going up in flames. When I was uh down in Soltara in Costa Rica in in April, the one of the thir- like the third largest dairy farm in Texas mushroom clattered up. There was video footage of it. You know, it was bombed. There was no <laughs> there's no there's no thing that caught fire on the inside of this thing. There's not enough there's not enough energy in, in a dairy farm to make it explode like that. Right. And it's just like, no one's talking about that. So, you know, there's a, there's a, a pan- you can push the panic button and for, for, you know, for a great deal of the fire that's been lit under my ass has been thanks to fear and it's beneficial ways. Uh, and at the same time, you have, we all have the ability to, to do something different. Like we have the ability to say, okay, I can, I can be a victim here or maybe I make a connection, right? Like we all drive, we have a delivery service, but I'll drive 90 minutes sometimes just to go to our dairy farm. Mm. A2A2, raw, raw Jersey cows. I want to see those cows. They're fucking healthy. They're gorgeous. They're blue ribbon holders at the state fair for like eight out of the last 10 years. Um, the people there working there are incredible. Darlene, you know, is old, old dairy farmer. has been doing it for like 50 years. They're, they're awesome. Like, I want to have that relationship. I split a, split a cow at the Rome Ranch Bison, you know, the guys that do Force of Nature out, out in Fredericksburg. And split a cow with Taylor, one of the co-founders, you know, and it's like that, those are relationships. You don't have to be a farmer to have those relationships. Those relationships are important. And then if you are doing like what you're doing, you don't have to do it all. Like, you know, guys around you that are doing beef and, and like, I don't, we don't do everything at our farm, but Jesse Elder, who's another mutual friend fit on the podcast, he's got the things we're not doing. He's doing pig and he's doing meat birds. It's like, we can have the egg layers and the cows and and the sheep and he can do the pig and the, and the, Meat birds, and we've got exchange there. And, you know, my goal eventually is to have a little farm stand where we sell our products, but we also sell Jesse's and we sell the raw milk from Schulenberg and we, you know, sell Dos Lunes cheese, which is raw cheese made from that very good milk. You know, there's there's things like that where we can kind of coordinate. And then you don't have to drive all around Texas to get these things. They're available in Lockhart, they're available in Bastrop, they're available wherever.
1: Yeah, I, I love how you're thinking of that. It's very similar here as well. And, and I, I would say for anyone listening that, might hear us and, and we both have farms. You don't have to go get a farm because I, what the people who are doing this also need consumers. So you can be the consumer part of this. So you don't necessarily have to learn all these things. You can make choices though, in your life to to go a little bit out of your way to, and it might, yeah, it's probably going to cost an extra buck here or there, or you might travel 90 minutes for something whatnot. I want to go, I would go back Kyle and you know, went through the pandemic, the pandemic, which I think is accurately stated, a lot of people made decisions, and those decisions we I think they are the setup. And I hate thinking of they that made us like like it was a big experiment to some degree where if you thought that some of your everyday freedoms were going to be taken away, what bad decisions might you make? And we saw that happen. Um, often when someone comes into my office and I love and respect whatever wherever they were, wherever they you know decisions they have to make, but when someone tells me I had to get the shot or whatever because I had to work, I immediately know that they're vulnerable for the next one. In the event that they say subtle little change in words, I, mean, I chose to get the shot because I wanted to work, and the, sh- the work was more important, the frame that most people have right now is kind of like, oh, I blamed it, and it'll happen again. So I would say for everyone, listen, just pay attention to the same reasons that we don't do some of the foundational stuff. We don't go out of our way to make sure that you maybe you're eating organic foods or you're putting real food into your body or you're getting your exercise. And those subtle decisions are going to get exposed when it's in, when, or if there is a bigger game at, at, at or a bigger, you know, prize at, at, you know, in, in the balance here in terms of, you know, what could we win or lose here? So I think everyone, especially if you're not a farmer and you don't have you know, a bunch of chickens hanging out, uh, you don't have to be, and you can participate on any level, meaning that you can also consume. So if you're out there and wondering, does it matter if I buy locally, uh, the guy who has that grass-fed beef, even it may not be USDA-stamped organic, you need to have a relationship with that gentleman or that person and find out, are they philosophically doing whatever case like your farm. I doubt you're going to go through all the expenses of getting a stamp from USDA. Correct. No way. I no, there. Not-
0: there's there. There is fucking corrupt as the FDA. There's zero point for that.
1: Correct. You know? Yeah. yeah. So having that relationship and there's so many people doing it now, it's a silent slide that can happen behind the scenes and let them do all that crazy ass stuff that I think they're intending to do. The in the insects is an interesting thing. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, years ago, my wife and I, we often get away to this little place down in Mexico called Maroma. Um, great little, they have this incredible spa. That's why we go. It's kind of uh, just a nice little silent, kind of high-end little place, but it's all outside and whatnot. One day, we're sitting there, and I thought I was on my candy camera or something. They deliver us this platter of all these foods they're making on site. And one of the little, you know, there's like avocado and apples and nuts and whatnot. And then one of those little sections was all these crickets. and I'm looking at him I'm like, well, what's this? And and again, I think I'm almost on candid camera. And I said, what do I do with that? And the guy says, oh, you eat them. I said, I'm not eating them. You eat them. So sure enough, he ate them. And I was like, all hey, right, if he's eating them, I'll eat them. So I ate them. And I tell you, they, they were pretty good. Like crickets were pretty good. So I get that part of it. Um, and then I dove a little bit deeper into it thinking about, of course, I had to like now analyze this. How are these people eating crickets, and then I figured out how much protein they had and everything, and 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 that there are actually protein bars out, made out of crickets out there. I think the idea of using what nature provides to feed part of the complex system is beautiful for humans, probably not so much—and it that that consciousness of I think what's going to happen is to scare us either eat the crickets or eat this manufactured food. I think that's where we're going to get pushed. So the whole idea of all this good, healthy food that, you know, we hear everything about the cows burping or farting too much now, or whatever they're saying is, you know, affecting, you know, the, the global impact here. So I think they'll get distracted and we're going to be presented with two options. Neither one of them would be better for the human being.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think that, that the, uh, what is it? Problem, problem, reaction, solution, you know, then there's the solutions offered or nothing, you know, they're they're taking you a step in the wrong direction. I too have had crickets. I had crickets when I was out in Thailand with my old man at a street market, you know, I had a big plastic bag of them and I was eating them with chopsticks and my dad was fucking gagging as I was putting it down. They had cockroaches. They had all sorts. I was like, ah, I'll mess with the crickets. I'll try those, you know, when in Rome, uh, I'm not going to do the cockroaches they are a little bit big and they were great. They tasted like, um, they tasted like French fries. They were crunchy, salty, and oily, right? And it was probably fucking peanut oil or God knows what they were using. You know, so not not some, something high in omega-6. Uh, but it tasted fine. It tastes like no big deal. When you understand regenerative agriculture, though, you understand that producing uh, insects in a lab in mass is not going to save the soil. It's not going to heal the earth. It's not going to counter all the monoculture that we've been doing. It's not going to counter all the shit we put in the ground. And the one way out of that... Is with ruminant animals, right? It's with it's with grazing in a savory manner. It's, it's you know, and there's plenty of documentaries about that. I talk about it all the time. But biggest little farm, uh, kiss the ground. They got the new one coming out. ryland has been on the podcast. The, the guy who did that documentary, uh, Common Ground, is coming out very soon. it will be on Netflix. And um, you know, there's plenty of places you can see this. The soil will save us. An excellent book that dives deep into this, uh, science and and uh, science and agriculture by. Uh, Dr. Arden B. Anderson. This is an excellent one. Mm. You know, like there's so much in here. You know, and 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 the date we've known about this. It's not like this ain't new shit. You know, Richard Perkins, I got this one right here. He's yeah, it's funny, it's almost like I, I had these queued, queued up for the for the video watchers. That regenerative agriculture book from Perkins is a fucking textbook, dude. It costs as much as a textbook, too. But I mean, there there's no doubt. Like we can regenerate the land, we can, we can heal our water, we can heal the animals that then heal us. That takes us stepping into harmony with nature, not not calling the shots on, hey, this is the reason we have climate change. It's, it's, it's like, what are you fucking talking about, man? We're burning fossil fuels that have been stored in the ground. It never would have come up before if that's the cause, right? And it's change. It's not warming. Before warming, it was cooling. And then it's like, well, we don't know if it's going to warm or cool, but we know there's more natural disasters. and Yeah, it's. Um, I, I agree with you, though. There, there's a lot there where... Um, those you know whatever happens you know as a means of getting us to to make hard decisions something is going to happen that's the thing to re, you know remind yourself of a lot of people that that see this thing as straight and no issues um you know you tell them about event 201 that it was 3 months before the pandemic started and they're like well yeah people you know in the fire department we'd run hazmat things all the time that kind of stuff I'm like the timing of it just seems a little strange right And and you know the, the 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 way that they talked through the media and all these things where they did the mock, like all of that actually played out the exact way it did on Event 201. You know, so there's things like that 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 raise an eyebrow. And then of course Gates did Event 202. Many people, not many people, are privy to this, but Event 202 was done this year where he makes claim that the next pandemic will be in 2025 and that it's going to affect kids. Now, how he can claim that it's going to affect kids worse than the previous one is is kind of a head scratcher, right? I mean, he's got some. Nostradamus skills. Um, but I, I tend to take him seriously when he says that, you know, that shit's going to hit the fan in 2025. And, and I imagine with election cycles and things like that, we're going to have more shit hitting the fan in the very near future, you know, but we get a year off where like 2023 is like, Oh, everything feels normal. You know, like, and a lot of people just go back to their daily grind. This is what's right in front of me. And they're, they, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of putting your head and, you know, an ostrich sticking their head in the sand. You have to have for the purview to see. And then also, The wherewithal to not get scared out of out of your mind, but to hold the line and say, "This is all right. This is what I can make an intelligent decision about. This is where I can, I can, uh, you
1: know, bridge for the future." I think you're, I think you're spot on right there. To put our heads in the sand and act as if that stuff isn't a possibility, I think that's that's what happened in COVID. I think all the writing was on the wall. I think they were telling us out loud, "This is coming," and we just weren't paying attention because you thought it was too outside of the, the. you know, the possibility out of the realm. And now I think enough people are paying attention. Uh, now the question is, are we going to pay attention enough to actually take action? And, and and I would say to everyone, at first glance, it can be a little bit scary. but It's no different than anything else in life. It really isn't. There's challenges, there's ups and downs. When I have these conversations with my wife, which I always have to go easy as I'm, you know, unloading copious amounts of ammo into my house or bags of food or whatever maybe she's like for real you got more ammo i'm like yeah got some more ammo um and then she'd come up with the why and i'm like why why not uh and as you know so the preparation to be prepared and that is really the idea is to be prepared to have your holes filled in case something goes wrong a little bit. And this is no, this is why I say it's, it's really no different than any other part of life. If you're not prepared for a little bit of downswing in economics, and then financially, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So prepare yourself. And most, most people, um, I think try to move in that direction, try to prepare themselves financially, physically, you know, I've been in healthcare for 27 years and, you know, I encourage people all the time to put, put on your priority list to prepare yourself to be sick. One day you're going to run into one of the four horsemen, uh, which is, For different types of disease. You're going to run into them, but who you are prior is going to decide how you handle them. And I think we're in the same situation right now, which which things that seem completely out of our own control, food resources, energy resources, financial control, manipulation of politics, all of these things. And because money is the driver, that is the scary part. That makes me believe that something crazy will continue to take place. And I say that humbly, Because I ask myself all the time, do I have a sellout point? Do I have a number that I could change my position on? And I don't know because no one's offered me a hundred million bucks to tell people to uh, eat like crap and get vaccinated all day. But if someone offered me a hundred million bucks, I don't know the answer to that. I would like to, I like to think what I would say to that, but I don't know because I haven't been there. So because money is behind so much of this money and power anticipate that there's a lot of funky things coming coming our way
0: yeah it's the it's the you know i think the tracking following the money trail is the the door that opens and then power does become the kind of the next thing in line there and it's not you know it's not to say that all these you know billionaires and people like that are, are somehow in cahoots together i think there's there's rivalries and all the other things that you get with any team in sports but at the same time there is a drive and and you know they're not beating around the bush. They're not hiding any of this. Like Klaus Schwab in, was talking about the fourth industrial revolution for decades before he wrote COVID-19 and the Great Reset and just repackaged it, right? Like that, that, and that, this, is, this is the time, right? Now is the time and we can build back better and all the slogan lines of how to change the world and how to effectively change society. And, and at every point, as you read through that book, he states, we, we have to do it through behavior change, through behavior modification which means they're looking to control the masses. There's there's already, you know, the the governments do control in some way, shape, or form. Um, But to the degree that he's talking about, that would require the release of not only our privacy, but but all of our rights that we've worked so hard, that that the founding forefathers worked so hard to gain here. At the expense of the genocide of the first peoples of this nation, at the expense of that, like you got to weigh all these things and still say, yeah, that's fucked up beyond belief. And at the same time, we can't, we can't allow that to be in vain. We can't allow that, that, everything that it took to put us in the position that we're in to slip away from our hands because we're stuck on fucking Instagram and we're not paying attention, you know?
1: Uh, there's a subtlety that I like to think, uh, kind of a goodness that comes of all of this. I remember back when uh, we had the, the towers crashed into, there was this almost nationwide pride that stood up regardless of how it happened or all the politics go behind that. But there was this underground nationwide pride where I think for a moment we put everything aside, reds and blues and colors and races and everything, and we stood arm in arm. And it was because people were being, unf- uh, had tragedy. And I think that if we continue to be pushed down this road, I think to the powers to be, will be surprised and how strong the American pride truly is and how much love usually can stand up and conquer almost almost all evils. And I think these are the conversations that right now thousands of others are having and the consciousness has continued to grow. And I think it's silent, but I think it's powerful. I feel like every day I run into people like you and I that are good men and women that are thinking and moving in the same conscious direction where four or five years ago, not even thinking about it, not even moving themselves emotionally or spiritually in these directions. So the optimistic part of me continues to think that good will overcome evil and that they're going to kind of poke the bear one too many times, and they're going to see how strong and how connected as humans we really are.
0: I love that, brother, and I'm going to hold on to
1: that for sure. (laughs) Maybe I'm super super optimistic, but I I feel it. I, I do feel some of that authentically.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? There's uh, it's funny. It's like in the in um more of the woo-woo shit and astrology and some of the things that have come out of the I Ching, uh, like Human Design and uh, Gene Keys. I had Richard Rudd on, you know, who is who is came from Human Design and gave birth to the Gene Keys. He, He has he has a prophecy of what's to come, you know, through a three day altered experience, and it's really brilliant. It's really uplifting, and it's like, fuck yeah! And it's like I'd rather hold on to that image, even if it doesn't come to fruition. Like, let that be my guiding light you know, then, then the panic of this is what the fucking, the bad guys are up to, you know, like I, um, I want to, I want to be privy to that. I need to, I need to look through these things that way I have, you know, all the information in front of me, but at the same time, you, you know, the power of love is undeniable and people are generally good people. And I think most people that are deniers of any evil in the world understand people are good people. They're a good person. That's why they can't see the potential of that. But you know, you watch Game of, Game of Thrones, you watch fucking, uh, the, read the Lord of the Rings, like all this shit, Harry Potter, like this, this balance of light and dark is, is a, uh, an eternal dance, you know, and I'm sure there's ebbs and flows that go with that. So it's not something, it's not something to, to deny.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and to that, I would also say is as light as that sounds, because that sounds very nice that love's going to prevail, but love is harsh, to you know, think about the, what we do for the love of your children, right? We we've seen in history what people would do for their communities and for their clans and for their families. So, I'm not saying it'll be easy, and it's just gonna be oh, let's just all love each other, and it's gonna work out. No, I think there's gonna be there's gonna be some manning up here and there that's gonna take place, and there's gonna be some times that are gonna be challenging, and yet the what will prevail will be a foundation that's strong, and so and I don't believe that evil is ever founded on anything that's strong. I think it's a very weak foundation almost always. It's very personal. It's very uh, egotistical. So for those reasons, I think that the love will prevail, but not because it's going to be easy. I think that we're going to have to find the the better versions of ourselves. And that's where I also think everything we do matters. I think that how we are... Uh, you know how we're taking care of ourselves. You know we have this—we have this unit, this this vessel that we were given from our creator. There's a time when we have to start thinking: Is this—is my vessel at its best? Could it handle some prolonged, tough periods of time—emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially? Could I handle tough times? And not everyone can. I, th- I think there's a lot of softness taking place, unfortunately. I think that yeah just just that. I think there's a lot there's a lot of softness taking place, and I think we're going to have to find that strength and reserve. And I think it's there. I, I believe humans are badasses in general. um, and I'm hoping that people recognize that within themselves because the journey will prevail, in my humble opinion, as a result of profound love and the depth of it, but not without wounds. no doubt about that.
0: No doubt, brother. Well, it's been excellent having you. Dr. Bart. We'll do it again for sure. Uh, tell us about your podcast and where people can find you.
1: Beautiful. So uh, thanks for having me, brother. Um HealthMade simple That's uh, my podcast, health made simple show. You can find me pretty much everywhere. Like the, you know, Spotify and Apple, all those good ones. Even if you didn't do the whole show, health made simple, uh, you could just find it under Dr. Bart Precourt. You'll find me there. Same thing. Instagram, Facebook, I'm on all those spots. Try to put as much cool, brother. Yeah. Much we can out there.
0: We'll link to all that in the show notes for you.
1: Kyle, I appreciate you having me here today. Great conversation as usual. Hopefully, we're going to rub elbows in person one day soon.
0: Absolutely, brother. I look forward to it.